Our First Baptist Family's mission statement is to follow the Lord Jesus Christ and to lead all others in a joyful life with Him. And to fit very closely with that is our theme for this season, Go and Tell. We hope everything that we provide, all the resources, encourage you, equip you to do just that. Go and Tell. My name is Danny. I'm one of the associate pastors here at First Baptist Church, and it's my privilege to be able to teach from the scriptures in this place with you almost every week. I've been off for two weeks. I mean, not literally off. I just haven't been here. Well, I wasn't here on the 8th, had an opportunity to worship with my daughter in College Station, and then last week, Pastor Chris uh, preached in here, and so I feel like I've been not preaching for months, uh, but now I'm with you this morning and super excited to preach out of Galatians chapter four, verses 12 through 20. And thank you, Byron, for reading that passage with us this morning. Um, if you're new with us today, thank you so much for choosing to worship with us. We really don't wanna take that for granted. We think it's a pretty big deal uh, that you found us and you walked in unknown doors among unknown people and you're worshiping with us today. Thank you. Would you let us know um, that you're worshiping with us today, you can do so by going to fbcsa.org slash connect. You can do that on your device right now. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the, the freedom to do that. Uh, but let us know that you're with us. Our mission as a church family is to faithfully follow the Lord Jesus Christ and lead all others in a joyful life with him. We believe the Great Commission uh, we believe that God has commissioned his church to join him in this movement across the world to remake the heavens and the earth, to make disciples of all the nations. And we wanna learn how to do that more faithfully and be better equipped. So I'm really grateful for um, this church being able to put on a missions equipping conference. And man, I'd love for us to do that every year. And to be a beacon and a champion of the Great Commission in our city as we equip and inspire others to be a part of what God is doing. We want you to be a part of what God is doing too. So tune in. When we do things like that, as you're able, be a part, be a part of that. We also ask that you continue to give through this church family to be a part of what he's doing. You can do that by going to fbcsa.org slash give. Um, or you can uh, do it the old-fashioned way. Um, and you can drop your envelope or your giving right in the little bins that we have around the room. But thank you so much for worshiping with us today. So can I geek out with you just for a moment? Will you give me that, that permission? Um, one of my favorite book series and movie series, you're not gonna be surprised by this, 
is the Lord of the Rings. Do I have any Lord of the Rings fans in here? Thank you. Um, I mean, I just love the rich story of the Lord of the Rings that takes place over three novels. I mean, it, it has everything. It's like incredible, rich literature. Uh, it has incredible drama. It has wizards and battle scenes and love stories. It is an awesome awesome story that you can get yourself wrapped up into pretty quickly if you give it a chance. You got to give it a chance to get into those books and even enjoy the movies. But perhaps more than anything, this incredible story is about a group of friends. They become friends who set out on a journey against all odds. And they accomplish something incredible together, the impossible. It's about friendship and forging friendships that are on a journey and an adventure with one another. And I love that. I mean, don't you? I think that's one of the reasons that we're captivated by stories like this. We see people thrown together from different walks of life and they have a shared purpose and they build these incredible deep friendships. And I don't know anyone who doesn't want a true friend like that. I don't know anyone who doesn't long for that sense of purpose and adventure that they can share with deep friends. Perhaps Paul's letter to the Galatians is more than just correcting their theology. Maybe it's more than just trying to get them back on the gospel track Maybe the story of the Galatians or the letter to the Galatians is really about kingdom friendship. This relationship that Paul had forged with likely the leaders of these churches in the region of Galatia. And building upon that deep friendship was able to speak into their life in this kind of way. And so this morning, I really want us to consider what can we learn from Paul and the Galatians about kingdom friendship? That's what I'm gonna be calling their friendship. What can we learn about the forging of that kind of friendship that I would qualify as kingdom friendship? And I think we have a lot to learn. And so along the way, I might just refer to Lord of the Rings here and there, if that's okay with you. That's okay with you. Well, the first thing that I think we see in this text right off the bat in verse 12, Paul writes to them, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to live as I do in freedom. Remember, that's been his call all along, is to remember the freedom that you've received as Gentiles right where you are, to know forgiveness and restoration and to love and follow hard after Jesus. And he has set you free to do that. So remember, live as I do in freedom from these things. And then he says this, for I have become like you Gentiles, free from those laws. I think the first quality or shape of kingdom friendship is that kingdom friendship meets people right where they are. Right where they are. Now this doesn't mean that Paul stopped being Jewish it doesn't mean he forsake uh, his Jewish identity and many of his Jewish practices, but what it does mean is that he did not allow his 
ethnic and religious identity to keep him from building kingdom friendship with these Galatians. And nor did he insist then that you've got to look and become just like me. He met them right where they are. Now, this was a pretty big deal because even in the Roman world, in these small towns and cities, the Jewish people, practicing Jews, were a very distinct people by how they looked and what they did. And the Gentiles could, could identify a practicing Jew from miles away. They would know that Paul was a Jewish man. There is likely no mistaking that. But Paul did something really unique that the other Jewish people weren't doing. The Jewish people would, would kind of make a distinction between them and the Gentiles, likely not spending a lot of time hanging out with Gentiles, but Paul went right in. Paul went right in. He, was not, he would not allow his religious identity and culture to keep him from connecting with, hanging out with, and building kingdom friendship with these Gentiles in Galatia. Now Gandalf, y'all know Gandalf, the wizard. He's very, I mean, we know him in even pop culture now. If you, if you saw uh, Ian McClellan on the screen, you would, this is the actor who played Gandalf in the movies, you would automatically recognize him. Tall, gangly, kind of scraggly, long beard. I mean, he looked the part as a wizard, but when he shows up, into the Shire where the hobbits live, who are small people, live in small houses. Gandalf doesn't stay outside of the house and expect Bilbo or Frodo. These are other characters from the Lord of the Rings, by the way. He doesn't stand outside of the house and say, you come to me, you've gotta look like me, you've gotta be me. Like, there's, it's impossible for the, the, the hobbits to be like Gandalf. He was altogether different. But what Gandalf does do is that he bends down, even though he's tall, he goes into the house, sits down with them, shares a meal. He tries to remove every obstacle that would keep them from building a connection with him and that would hear his invitation to come on a journey and adventure with him. That's what Paul does. Paul sat at their table. He ate their food. He drank their wine. And he had an eagerness and willingness to get to know them right where they were. Even the uglier bits about their culture and how they were living. He wasn't gonna let anything get in the way of forging and building kingdom friendship with them. Of course, we know Paul didn't come up with this on his own. Jesus was his best example. Philippians 2 verse 6 says, though he was God, referring to Jesus, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Jesus gave up his full rights as the son of God and became a man. He clothed himself with humanity and he walked, ate, spent time with. Paul says, I, I, I wanna be just like Jesus. I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna meet you right where you are, just as you are and invite you to be a part of this journey in Jesus. Our temptation, our temptation is to hold on to things that we have made a really big deal. Maybe it's 
something cultural. Maybe it's an ideology. Maybe it's a particular practice or something we're really into. We can make those really big things in our life. And sometimes those big things we allow to become walls that prevent us from connecting with other people. They're just too different from us. The culture is too different from mine. The, the, what, what they believe is too different. The, their politics are too different. How they dress is too different. Their food is just too weird. But kingdom friendship is forged by meeting people right where they are and beginning the journey from there. The second shape of kingdom friendship we see in verses 13 through 15 Paul writes, surely you remember that I was sick when I first brought you the good news. But even though my condition tempted you to reject me, you did not despise me or turn me away. No, you took me in and cared for me as though I were an angel from God or even Christ Jesus himself. Now, we don't know the, the exact condition that, that Paul was experiencing. There's a whole host of ideas. It could have been that he was, had been persecuted from the city before, needed to find a place of respite and care and healing so he could continue on in missionary's journey and it provided him opportunity to share the gospel among the people in Galatia. We, we don't know. It might have been an illness that otherwise people in, in normal culture would have ostracized themselves from. Like, I'm not messing with that. That's too ugly. It's too messy. We know that happened in cities all over then, over there. You know, he had leprosy. Uh, We don't know exactly the condition or the circumstances. All we know is, is they had a deep history between the leaders in Galatia and Paul because they had to meet a particular need that Paul had. They go way back. Paul and the Galatians go way back He had invested in them and they had invested in him at a very tough time in his life. They have significant history. They had pressed beyond the superficial things and had to, by necessity, dive in deep into a kind of intimacy. You build history with someone a person or a group of people when you press beyond the superficial into the lives of others. I love how Paul says, you cared for me sacrificially as if I were even Jesus himself. You have this picture of this, this really close, intimate relationship between these leaders and Paul that they sacrificially invested in caring for Paul. That was a vulnerable position that Paul must have been in. They had history. Now, the fellowship of the ring was made up of people from different ethnic groups, cultures, and experience. And it really, at the start of them, most of them didn't even trust each other. But they took the risk and they invested in one another. They built history together. They had to protect one another. They had to care for one another. They had to celebrate with each other. They fought alongside each other. They told jokes together. But they forged this history, this story with one another by intentionally investing in real life with one another. Kingdom friendship, kingdom friendship has history, has history. 
When we take the investment of time and energy and sacrifice, we move beyond the surface of things, the superficial things to forge kingdom friendship. When we open our home and invite people into our home, and there's something about opening your home to others that brings walls down. And you can connect with someone. Invite people to grab coffee, go on a mission trip together, serve alongside each other. We, we have been a part of a, a mission team going to Kenya now for the past six years. We go roughly every other year and it's been kind of the same families here and there. But I will tell you, we have forged history together and over that history of serving alongside each other in Kenya, we have built kingdom friendships And now many of them are the go-to people in our life when we have a need. Forge history, build history together. Kingdom friendship builds kingdom history. The third shape of kingdom friendship that we see in Paul and um, the Galatians is that kingdom friendship sticks around even when it's hard. And it was hard. Listen to this in verse 16. Have I now become your enemy because I'm telling you the truth? We know the story, and I don't need to spend the whole time rehashing the story between Paul and the Galatians, but there had been a group of people from Jerusalem that had introduced this, this idea that if you really want to be a child of God, you've got, you have to take on Jewish identity. You've got to look the part. You've got to be the part as a Jew. You have to be circumcised, and you've got to take on certain parts of the Jewish law. You have to become a Jew if you want to be a real Christian. And that false teaching because Paul is saying it's Jesus alone that we become children of God, right? That false teaching had created a significant wedge. It strained their friendship. Even though they had history, there was a considerable amount of tension now. They were, Paul says, do you now consider me an enemy because I'm telling you the truth? It was tough. It was hard. It was hard. You know, that kind of wedge or that teaching of the false teachers is kind of like that classic high school movie stereotype that you had to become like them if you wanted to be in. Well, the Galatians had bought into that to some degree or another that they would now put a wedge between them and Paul, who was their spiritual father. So it was really hard. But what does kingdom friendship do? Paul had to make a choice. There was the strain, there was the tension. There probably was hard things being said about Paul that got back to him. He probably was hurt. And Paul had a choice. Do I walk away or do I step back in? Do I just say, good riddance? Man, we, we had a good ride together. But now it's done. Paul had a choice. But because of kingdom friendship, 
Paul says, I'm stepping back in, even when it's hard. Listen, kingdom friendship steps back in even when it's hard. It sticks around, even in the midst of the tension, even if when it, your friendship feels one-sided for a season. Paul says, I'm re-engaging. I'm re-engaging. Kingdom friendship does that. Kingdom friendship does that. It sticks around, it steps in, and it says the hard things. Now, Mary Brandybuck, one of the characters from The Lord of the Rings, if you've read the book, you've seen the movies, you know who he is. He says this about the nature of their friendship. He says, you can trust us to stick with you through thick and thin to the bitter end. And you can trust us to keep any secret of yours closer than you keep it yourself. But you cannot trust us to let you face trouble alone and go off without a word. We are your friends, Frodo. Kingdom friendship. Even when it's hard, even when there's tension and there's a wedge and it's strained, kingdom friendship says I'm sticking around. I'm gonna say the hard thing. Do you have friends like that? Are there friends in your life that you have built a history together and you have given them permission to say the hard things to you? Don't you want to be a friend like that? One that sticks around, that doesn't walk away? The last shape of kingdom friendship that I want to identify, there are likely others here in this text, is in Galatians 17 through 20 when Paul contrasts the purpose of these false teachers from Jerusalem and his purpose in the life of the Galatians. Listen to this. He says, those false teachers are so eager to win your favor they wanted the, the Galatians, these Gentile believers, to really envy their position. He says, but their intentions are not good. They're trying to shut you off from me. They didn't like Paul or his message. They're trying to shut you off from me so that you will pay attention only to them. If someone is eager to do good things for you, that's all right. But let them do it all the time, not just when I'm around, not just when I'm with you. Oh, my dear children, I feel as though I'm going through labor pains for you again. What a, an image. Paul says, I feel like a mother all over again with you trying to give birth. In what way? He says, going through labor pains for you again. Of course, he's referring back to when they first came to Christ and that they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your lives. Paul is saying, those false teachers have, don't have your best intention. They're not looking out for you. They just wanna look good. Uh, they want you to envy them and je be jealous of their position and status as Jews because they're the real people of God. And they're just trying to shut you out. Uh, they're just trying to keep you on the outside looking in. And he says it's self-serving. 
And they're doing it at my expense too. They're trying to get rid of me and elevate themselves. Paul says, but my intention is altogether different. My purpose in your life is Jesus. My purpose is that in this kingdom friendship, we might look more and more like Jesus together and that we would be a part of a greater purpose that transcends ourselves. It's greater than ourselves. Kingdom friendship. Kingdom friendship always keeps an eternal perspective. Even if the other side of that relationship has lost sight of it. But kingdom friendship always pursues and maintains that eternal perspective. Kingdom friends recognize that they serve a purpose much greater than themselves. And that they share a larger than life goal, that they know each other's plans and what their life is all about. Um, There's this verse in the scriptures where Jesus is having this dialogue with his apostles, a handful of verses that I think is startling. So in John 15, 15, he says, by the way, I don't, I don't call you slaves or servants anymore because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. No, he says, you are my friends since I have told you everything the father told me. Now listen, that's startling. Here's the son of God through whom the whole universe was created. And all glory belongs to the Son. And the Son says, by the way, you're not just servants, you're not slaves, we're friends. And you wanna know why he calls them friends? Because you know what my life is all about. I've told you what the Father has given to me. You know my purpose. You know my eternal purpose. I'm not here just to hang out with you and go fishing with you and spend time with you. This forged kingdom friendship serves a greater purpose and you know it and I know it and that makes us friends. Now again, the fellowship of the ring was made up of different kinds of people And they learned to meet each other right where they were and they built a history together of caring for one another, taking the risk to invest in one another and they stuck it out even when it got hard all because they shared that eternal perspective together. They were on a journey and adventure that was far greater than the individual parts and they stuck it out because the purpose was far bigger than themselves. Their friendship was mission-driven. Their friendship was mission-critical. And that's the shape of this friendship between the Galatians and Paul. That Paul, even though they had lost sight of this for a season, Paul says, I have not lost sight of this eternal perspective. Jesus is my purpose in your life. I want to forge Jesus in you. The reason I'm stepping back in is because we had a shared purpose that we wanna look more and more like Jesus and we wanna be a part of what he is doing. 
And there's no greater purpose than God's kingdom. So those four shapes or qualities. Kingdom friendship meets people right where they are. Does everything they can to remove barriers and obstacles that keep you from forging those kind of friendships. Second, kingdom friendship builds history where we invest in one another, take the risk, time and energy and sacrifice to connect with people that builds history. Uh, Kingdom friendship sticks around even when it gets hard. It steps back in. It says the hard thing and does the hard thing. In kingdom friendship, what undergirds all of it is this shared perspective that God has put us together to be a part of what God is doing in the world, in our communities, in our other relationships. And how can we, how can this friendship, how can this friendship magnify and join God in what he's doing? Encouraging each other along the way, inspiring one another, motivating one another, to finish the task, the Great Commission. God's call on the church. What shape do your friendships take? What shape do your friendships take? We live in a culture that epitomizes individual pursuits over everything else. Our culture and society is not designed to make intimate connections. just isn't. It requires great intentionality and energy and risk, opening a door, sending an invite, having a conversation, asking meaningful questions about life, their lives. What can you do this week to move the needle? As you think over the qualities that I've just shared, can you choose a friend or maybe a group of friends that you say, this week I'm going to move the needle a little bit. I'm going to forge not just friendship, but kingdom friendship this week. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for these epistles of Paul that come out of kingdom friendship with people that he loves and cares for and is invested in. Lord, I ask that you, by your spirit, help us to do the same with the people you have placed in our lives. Give us next steps now. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said,